0: doing the series based on, on questions from the congregation, and we have some interesting topics coming up. Um, we had a question about, um, we have a question about the rapture, we have a question about Christian nationalism and racism and transgenderism and all, all sorts of questions that we're going to, to deal with. I have a confession to make, and that is that I submitted today's question. So I thought we needed a message on the Holy Spirit, uh, particularly since this is Pentecost. And I realized this is not a topic that I have spoken on a lot. So today's message is about the Holy Spirit. Francis Chan, an author who I really like, wrote a book called The Forgotten God, Reversing Our Neglect of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a part of the Godhead that we tend to neglect and to forget. Uh, The Holy Spirit is as important to our faith as Jesus. Without the Holy Spirit, we would never come to Jesus. It's important that we understand the Holy Spirit. Francis Chan wrote, I'm willing to bet that there are millions of churchgoers across America who cannot confidently say they have experienced His presence or action in their lives over the past year. The benchmark of success for churches has become more about attendance than the movement of the Spirit. If I were Satan and my ultimate goal were to thwart God's kingdom and purposes, one of my main goals would be to get churchgoers to ignore the Holy Spirit. I was thinking about that idea of of measuring our success by the number who show up on, on Sunday or the number of programs that we have, or the quality of their service, or, or some measure like that. And I was thinking about the times when I feel like the Holy Spirit really, really showed up in a way where we were able to feel and sense His presence with us. And it's almost always been a Sunday where something changed our plans. It's usually been a Sunday when I didn't feel very prepared, or I felt prepared, and something came up at the last minute. Uh, for example, I thought last Sunday, uh, I really sensed God's presence with us. And it was a hard, it was a hard Sunday. Um, and I can't, can't, again, I can't believe that Nan is, is here with us today. But, but um, man, it, it was, you know, my heart was just breaking. And I didn't feel like I could even speak. And yet I, yet I felt like God was with us and, and was moving here. Think of other, other Sundays. I remember the Sunday that we were, um, remember the Sunday we were going to take a vote on where to build a playground, and uh, it was an issue that was kind of dividing our church. We we're going to build this nice play area for our kids, and, and some of us wanted it out in the courtyard, and others really didn't want it in the courtyard, and we were split like 50-50 down the middle, and we were going to take a vote. And I just had this horrible feeling that this was going to be a divisive, hurtful thing. And I was driving up to church. I was driving up 68 past Eagle City, uh, soccer fields, and boom. (laughs) I just had this idea that that brought perfect clarity. And and the idea was uh, cut the project in half, build it outside, and give half of the money away to kids who are in need. And because of that decision, $25,000 went to children in Myanmar. And I just got a, an email from Larry Stratton and they're uh, on a project where they are spending some of that money on putting together emergency kits. You know, if you're following the news at all, you know that, that, that Burma is imploding and there's ethnic cleansing taking place. And thousands and thousands of people are being killed. And and because of that decision that we didn't anticipate and that I think was the direction of the Holy Spirit, there are children in Myanmar right now uh, fleeing for their lives with little emergency kits that this church paid for. Um, We spent some of that money here in in Springfield. Half the money went to kids in Springfield. That was just an amazing Sunday. I remember sitting right down here, had a message to go and at the last minute, I thought, I just can't give this message. I've got to just get up and tell the church what's on my heart and see what happens. And it was a Sunday where it just really felt like God was here. And and I think as you look at the things that have happened as a result of that, it bears evidence the Holy Spirit was doing something amazing in our presence that, that day. Um, There are a couple of ways that I could approach this message. One way would be to uh, aim it at your head. And if I were to aim it at your head, it would be kind of blah, 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 blah. Here are a whole bunch of points about the Holy Spirit. And we could go back to the Old Testament. And and I actually had a sermon like that kind of ready to go. Um, But I really wanted to to aim this message at our hearts, not, not at our heads. Um, so I've scaled it back. I just want to share a few thoughts about the Holy Spirit with you. Um, and my, my goal is to stir our hearts with a fresh longing for the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives as individuals and in our life as a church. Want us to feel when we get here as though we have encountered God. We've been in God's presence and that He has spoken to us. And, and comforted us, and that and he leads us. Here's the big idea for my message this morning. The Holy Spirit wants to move into our lives and empower us to become better people. And, and I read that, I read that big idea as I was preparing for my sermon. I thought, that just doesn't cut it. it it's not, it doesn't capture all that I want this message to, to do, especially the phrase, become better people. Because it's so much more than that. What I want the Holy Spirit to do, and and what what He does when He takes up residence in our lives, is He heals the things that are broken in us. He guides us to a better way of, of living. And He helps us to live according to the teachings of Jesus. That's what it means when the Spirit takes up residence in us and helps us become better people. People like Jesus are better people. And that's what the Holy Spirit does in our lives. I do want to share? I've tried to organize my thoughts around a, a few different things to just talk about the Holy Spirit. Um, and, and the first point is the Holy Spirit is God. When we are talking about the Holy Spirit, we're not talking about an angel. We're not talking about some sense that, that God helps us. But the Holy Spirit is actually God. And um, I want to also take credit for the fact that if you're following along in your outline, both of the scripture references are messed up. And that was all my fault. I, 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 I do my outline and I go back and look up the verses. I thought, what was I thinking? Um, but it's actually Genesis one twenty-six and Matthew 28.19. Um, in Genesis one twenty-six, it says this is a creation account. And there's something that's very easy to just kind of breeze right past, but it says uh, this is the, the point in the story when mankind is created. And uh, the verse reads, Then God said, <clears throat> let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness. God didn't say, let me, let me make mankind, let me make them in, in, in my uh, image. But he says, let us. So you see that the Godhead and the Trinity in the account of creation, and it's God the Father and God the Son and Jesus Christ. There are a couple of passages in Scripture, there, there are a number, I just picked up two, where you actually see all three members of the Godhead show up in one particular uh, verse. Matthew 28.1 says, go, th- "'Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father.'" and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. And the way that the grammar is constructed in that verse, it means three of the same kind. So it's not God, the Father who is God, Jesus Christ who is God, and the Holy Spirit who is just a spirit. But the idea is all three, it's a series of things that are all the same. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. John 14, verses 26 and 27 reads, But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything that I, Jesus, have said to you. Peace I leave with you. Peace I give you. I don't give as the world gives. Don't let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. So Holy Spirit is God. And the second thing is we're kind of unpacking our understanding of this part of the Godhead that we so often neglect or, or ignore is the Holy Spirit is not only God. The Holy Spirit is a person. The Holy Spirit is not a force. The Holy Spirit has personhood. A Spirit has the qualities of a person. Make, he makes choice. The Holy Spirit has emotions. In 1 Corinthians 12, 11, it says, all these are the, are the work of one and the same Spirit, and he distributes them to each just as he determines. The Spirit makes choice and, de- and determines things as he's giving out gifts to people who are followers of Christ. In Ephesians 4.30 it says, And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Holy Spirit has emotions and grieves. It's even possible, um, uh, let me read a verse from 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 in just a a moment. Do you you ever feel like someone has thrown cold water on something that you are passionate about? So you're you're really, really excited about something, you're really into something, and someone just throws cold water on it. Um, 1 Thessalonians 5, 19 says, says, Do not quench the Spirit. And that's where the word quench is. It's to thwart something or to suppress something. Or if you're quenching a fire, it's throwing water on it. Um, but it's possible to, to, to thwart or frustrate or suppress what the Spirit is doing. But the Holy Spirit is a person. What does the Holy Spirit do? The Holy Spirit does a lot of things. The first thing the Holy Spirit does is He adopts us into God's family. That's how we become We become God's children through the process of adoption. Scripture passage says, For those who are led by the Spirit are the children of God. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves to God so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit that you received brought about your adoption to sonhood. And by him we cry, Abba, Father, the Spirit testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God, co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. Francis Chan wrote, There's nothing better than being absolutely sure that the most powerful being in the universe adores you as his own child. This is precisely the confidence the Holy Spirit gives us. The Holy Spirit adores you. The Holy Spirit sought you out and adopted you, chose you to be a part of God's family. The Holy Spirit also wants to indwell us. The Holy Spirit doesn't just hang out with us. He doesn't just come once in a while. This is a major difference between the Holy Spirit in the New Testament and the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, every once in a while, the Holy Spirit would show up and take control of someone for a specific act. And then once that specific act was completed, the Spirit would would leave. So the Spirit would kind of come and go, and didn't come to everyone came to Samuel, uh, came to Saul. There's a verse in the Old Testament that talks about the Holy Spirit departing Saul and and leaving him. But when we get to the New Testament and when we get to what Christ has done for us on the cross, the Holy Spirit wants to indwell us. And the Holy Spirit can't move into a life that is filled with sin. So Jesus took care of that. And, And because Jesus paid the price for all of our sins, And because Jesus loves us and because by the power of the resurrection, he redeems us, the Holy Spirit is able to take up residence in us. and He indwells us. John 14, verses 16 and 17, I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you and to be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. The world can't accept him because it neither sees him or knows him, but you know him. For he lives with you, and he will be in you. Romans 8, 11, and the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you. <clears throat> he, who raised, <clears throat> he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. Spirit lives in us. The Holy Spirit wants to liberate us. There are lots of things the Holy Spirit does, and I tried to just trim this down to a few that I thought might might be meaningful to you this morning. But the other thing about the Holy Spirit, He wants to live inside of us, to take up residence in our lives, and He wants to free us. 2 Corinthians 3.17 says, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all, who with unveiled faces contemplate God's glory, are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Galatians five sixteen says, so, so I say, walk by the Spirit. You will not gratify the desires of your flesh. He talks about liberating us. It means he sets us free. He sets people free from addictions. The Holy Spirit can set people free from dysfunctional behavior. Sometimes there are behaviors that that we get into, and it's like, why can't I stop doing that? Maybe it's, it's gossiping, or maybe it's responding in anger really quickly to someone in ways that hurt people, or something like that. But the Holy Spirit will liberate us. The Holy Spirit wants to free us from things that are destructive and, and, and damaging, dysfunctional cycles of living. Here, here's another one that I love. This is one that I think means, means the most to me. The Holy Spirit advocates for us. And you know that I, that I love digging into the, the meaning of words. And this is one of the coolest words in the Bible it's the word paraclete. That's the word that is translated the Holy Spirit. And it's, it's like all those other words, it's two words mushed together. So one word, para, the para part, means he's right, behind, he's right beside us. So para, a paramedic is a medic who comes and is beside you. So, so the Holy Spirit is right beside us, that's para, and kalit means to call out. So the Holy Spirit is beside us calling out for us and advocating us. Picture. Us. There are a couple of pictures that, that could come to mind. One is the picture of an attorney. If an attorney is an advocate. And the attorney speaks for you and stands by your side and intervenes on your behalf. And your attorney's sole interest is doing what is best for you. The, the other kind of occupational word picture that goes with paraclete is a counselor. A counselor is a person who, who comes right next to you and and speaks to you. And the Holy Spirit is advocating with the rest of the Godhead for us. Just imagine, if you ever ever feel like you've done something that that maybe is is bothering God, the Holy Spirit is standing by your side advocating with the rest of the Godhead on your behalf. I I love this passage in Romans chapter 8. Verses 26 to 27, likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. For we don't know what to pray as we ought to, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings that are too deep for words. The Holy Spirit doesn't just, I don't know if you've ever had, had times of prayer where you're going through something difficult in life and, and all you can do is just groan. Like you can't put complete sentences together because you are in so much pain and in so much anguish, and and all you can do is just groan. The Holy Spirit groans on our behalf, advocating for us. And he who searches our hearts and what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. So whatever's whatever's going on in your life right now, the Holy Spirit is praying for you. Not not in a cold way, not not in a shallow way, but in a passionate way that sometimes is nothing more than a groan on your behalf. The Holy Spirit also empowers us. Acts 1 verse 8 says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the world. The Holy Spirit gives us power to accomplish things that matter in the kingdom of heaven. And I think anything good that we accomplish is accomplished because the Holy Spirit guides us and helps us. And I was thinking this morning of a couple of times where I've sensed that as, a, as our church body. Two, two come to mind. One is uh, we picked a fight for justice when we took on the, the payday loan industry. Um, there were some nasty people on the other side of, of that fight with lots and lots and lots of money. And all we were were just a few people with no money and good intentions. And God allowed that to unfold in such a way that it saved $75 million a year for people who live in need every year. We couldn't have done that on, on our own. That was God working through us to care for people who are in great need and, and who were, be, were being taken advantage of. I also think that another area where I think I've seen that the ministry of the Holy Spirit in uh, the life of our church is in the friendships that we have developed with our with the Muslim community in town, who, are, who have become our good friends, um, and are just some of my dearest friends in Springfield, are people who we came to know through that effort. Um, I had one of them uh, come up to me uh, last, uh, last week at Mother Stewart's, and he said, um, I'm this close to becoming a Christian because of what I see in Central Christian. That's what he said. Um, a bunch of, It was really kind of almost a little bit embarrassing because there were a bunch of people standing around. He walked right into the middle and, and talked about his experience of Jesus Christ. And, and God did that. That's not an idea we, we would have come up with. Um, and, and, and it could have flopped. Um, it could have been a one-and-done thing where you, you do something and, and nothing happens. But a whole network of friendships that many of you are a part of happened, and I think the Holy Spirit empowered that. In Ephesians says, I pray that out of, the riches, out of His glorious riches He may strengthen you with the power through His Spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And the other thing the Holy Spirit does is the Holy Spirit beautifies us. Holy Spirit beautifies us. Uh, Christians have gotten a bad rap. And and it hasn't been forced on us. We've we've earned it. (laughs) Um, But by sometimes being judgmental people and sometimes just not being kind to people. But the Holy Spirit turns us into beautiful people. Galatians 5 verse uh, 22 says, but the fruit of the Spirit. So here, here's what's going on in this passage. This is called the fruit of the Spirit passage. And, and, and the fruit of the Spirit. This is, as we read, as I've read through this list of things, I've often read through the list as here are a bunch of things that I ought to be like. I ought to have more of this in my, in my life. Um, But as I looked at the passage this week, I came to see it differently. This passage is describing what God is like. The the, the fruit of the Spirit are the characteristics of God. And He brings them to pass. When God comes into our life and when we yield control of our lives to Him, all of this stuff happens and it makes us beautiful people. But the fruit of the Spirit is love and it's joy joy. And it's peace, it's forbearance, it's being kind to people, it's being good to people, it's being faithful, it's being gentle, it's having self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh and its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited or provo- um, provoking or envying each other. So if the Holy Spirit is, is all that, how do we get more of this in our lives? And I want to talk to you uh, as we close, both as, as, as people who have been walking with Jesus for a long time and as people who may be just starting to walk with Jesus or just considering walking with Jesus. But I have prayed differently this week because of my study on this sermon. And, and I've been starting my day by saying, God, I pray that the Holy Spirit will lead me today. Lead me to people who, who need your, your presence and, and who need ministry and comfort in their lives. Help me, to, help me to know what to say. Empower the life of our church. You know, show up, Holy Spirit, come on Sunday morning and meet us there. And help us to to know your presence. So I pray differently. I think all of us as followers of Christ, ask the Holy Spirit to guide you. Each day, start the day by saying, Holy Spirit, uh, lead me through this day for for the glory of God and for his kingdom. And then expect him to do that. Let me read a few passages and I want to tell you a little bit of a story. Luke 11, 11 through 13. Which of you fathers, if, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake? Okay, so which you guys out there, if, if, your, if your child comes and wants a fish, you're going to hand them a, a, a poisonous snake? No one's going to do that. Um, or if he asks for an egg, is going to hand him a scorpion? Of course not. If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? So, how do you get the Holy Spirit in your life? You ask. You, you say you, you call out and say, God, I want your spirit to take up presence in my life. Acts chapter 2, verse 38 says, And Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The gift of the Holy Spirit accompanies belief in Jesus Christ. And sometimes it's hard to tell which one comes first. Sometimes you ask for God's presence to come into your life and you find yourself believing in Jesus. Sometimes you are attracted to Jesus and as you give your life to Jesus, all of a sudden you sense the Holy Spirit in in your life. Here's another verse, one of my favorite passages. Ephesians 1, verses 18 to 21. And I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he's called you. Pray that your eyes will just be opened up to the hope that God is calling you to, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparably incomparably great power for us who believe. Which power is it? How, 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 How powerful is this power? What makes it so incomparable? That that power is the same as the mighty power he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly realm. Imagine that. The the power that raised Jesus from the dead wants to be at work in our lives, wants to live inside of us. Amazing. Amazing. I'm going to read a message that I've received uh, on my phone this week. I have a cousin who um, lived in New York for a while. Uh, Someone who I never, ever, ever would have guessed would have an interest in Jesus. Uh, Grew up with some, some, had some tough experiences. Grew up in in, uh, some challenging situations. Uh, Just didn't see it happening. I would say it's fair to say there was a little bit of a hardness to her personality, like, like don't do close to me, which is what a lot of people who have been hurt, hurt have That. Then she moved off to New York and was very successful. And success and all of, all of the things that go with that, uh, that allow a person to live a comfortable life, that, that can kind of drive drive down the desire for Christ. Well, uh, she reached out to me on Facebook, and I accepted her friendship and said, hey, it's great to reconnect. And she said, yeah, I agree. I enjoy reading your posts. I attend a really great church here in South Florida called uh, Christ Fellowship. Big banner outside says, welcome home. The fellowship is amazing, and I'm just in awe of the love God has for all. And I read that and I thought, you've got to be kidding. I just never, ever, ever thought this person would be open. And I asked her if I could read this with you today. We've been talking together this week. Then she goes on to say, "Yeah, this church is—it's a a true born-again Christian church." And I also belong to a sisterhood group. I drank the Kool-Aid. If you're ever down in West Palm Beach, let me know. I'd love to uh, introduce you. And then I asked her, "Is it okay if I share the story of my church?" And she said, "Yeah, I love talking about how and why I stepped through the doors. It was all Jesus. I dared Him to show up. He did, and moments later, He did. Moments later, and I never looked back." Hope all is well with your family. Then she sent me another text telling me a little bit more. She says, I literally hit bottom. I hit rock bottom spiritually. I was broken mentally and just could not comprehend what was going on in my life. Sitting at my computer with meditation music uh, playing, I just had this feeling internally that I needed to tell God if there was one how mad I was at him, as if he didn't already know. (laughs) That's an interesting conversion story, starting with with letting God know how furious you are with him. It says something beautiful about God. Um, So I said out loud, Jesus, if you do exist, prove it to me. Prove it to me right now. I literally dare you. My eyes were closed and I was still sitting in this meditating position, uh, sitting next to my computer, and I just felt my heart become warm. What seemed like the longest 15 seconds of my life passed. I had the deepest feeling of genuine and deep love and calmness that I have ever felt in my entire life. It was as if time passed more slowly in those 15 seconds than ever before. I felt this warm internal calmness as if I'd just been rescued from the storm within, Literally, I can tell you, I burst into tears and asked Jesus to please forgive me for this long, 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 long list of sins, and I apologize for demanding that he show me that he exists. That's how I became a Christian. Writing this to you, I have tears streaming down my cheeks. It's both in happiness and because all of my life I've been searching for love and to be loved, and I found it. I stepped away from God, but he never left me. And her last comment was, please feel free to bill me for this therapy session. Um, But, man, what a beautiful story. That's all the Holy Spirit. That's the Holy Spirit coming into someone's life and providing healing. And he did that for my second cousin, and he will do that for you. Let me close in prayer as uh, Praise Band comes and uh, leads us in a song. And then we're going to come back to the table and and come to the table uh, focusing our thoughts on the sacrifice that Christ made for us. Father, I pray for those who are here today who who need the presence of the Spirit in their life. Father, we have people here who need to be led through challenging, difficult things. Father, we have people who just this past week have have been through terrifying times of of worrying over the health of their child, and your Holy Spirit was there. Father, I pray that your Holy Spirit would take control of our lives, and I pray that your Holy Spirit would take control of this church. Take us wherever you want us to go. We ask this in Jesus' name.